This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr. Gillian Kays and Jeremy Fisher. This is A Voice. Hello and welcome to This is A Voice, Season 5, Episode 5. The podcast where we get vocal about voice. Okay, now this one's a really interesting one. I read an article two days ago a blog post two days ago, and then wrote an article on it, and now we're doing a podcast on it because I think it's so important. Can I just chip in here? Picture this. Jeremy bounces into my room yesterday morning when, in fact, I'm mouldering because I'm not feeling very good at all. And um, he says, I've written an article. Do you want to hear it? And I'm thinking, do I really want to hear it? I've just started my first cup of tea. Well, um, I did hear it. And Actually, we both got pretty excited about this article. And this is this is something that happens with you, isn't it? That you get these kind of creative moments. Mm. So do you want to tell us more about how that creative <laughs> moment came to be? What are we talking about? Okay, we're talking about an article that I read. It was actually a blog post from Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Big Magic and Eat, Pray, Love, that was made into a film mm. with Julia Roberts, called What Are You Doing With Your Life? And in the article, she describes the difference between a hobby, a job, a career, and a vacation, and how it can help you define your life. Mm. And I loved this. And I sat down and I wrote an article in one go. And then, as I usually do, I'm like a dog with a bone, bounce into the room and go, can I read you the article? So uh, the article is now up on the Vocal Press's website. Mm -hmm. um, But we're going to do a podcast about it because we think it's really important. And this is a blog that people can share, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And also comment on it if you like it as well, please. The link will be in the show notes. The reason I think it's important is because if you work in the arts and if you work in education, which we both do, then you really are told a lot. You must have a career. You must, you must do this. You, you know, singing is a vocation. Teaching is a vocation. Performing is a vocation. Working in the arts is a vocation. And I think it's really interesting. When I read this article and I went, oh, is that what I've been doing wrong with my life? That makes sense. So here we go. She talks about four things, hobby, job, career, and vacation. And I want to break them down. And these are her ideas plus my notes plus my filter. And my thoughts. So a hobby is something that you do that gives you joy, but you don't earn a living from it. You don't need to impress anyone. You don't need people to know about it. It's yours and it refreshes you. I mean, actually, in my list in the article, I missed out a hobby, which is really important to me, and that's reading. Mm. Reading is almost the biggest thing that refreshes me. And I read, um, um, frankly, I'll read anything. But uh, the thing that works the most for me is actually books I've read before. So there's a sense of familiarity and then I can just get lost. And I am the captain on the Starship Enterprise. You know, I go straight there. I just fill the whole thing where I, wherever I'm sitting. Mm. Uh, if I talk to Jeremy while he's reading, he literally doesn't hear me. Can't hear a thing. It's really fascinating. So it's a it's a really, really very very fine focus into the words and the life that I'm living while I'm reading. So reading is is really quite a big one. But yes. um, you know, during the time that we've been together as a couple, I have seen you sort of change your hobbies. So mm. do you want to talk about that? Well, um, the ones that I listed in the article are baking, knitting, and very recently sewing. And I bought mm. myself a sewing machine and a, and an overlocker, and that's been quite interesting. And you made yourself a waistcoat, which has appeared on these podcasts. It's is. If you're watching on YouTube, it's not the one I'm wearing today, but I, it has been on podcasts, yes. Mm. Um, the interesting thing about all of them is that I've always wanted to be as basically to be so good at what I do that I could sell it. And it was when we were running courses here 
um, which we're no longer doing, mm. then I was doing things like, I mean, this is going to sound bizarre, but I was knitting slippers for people to wear in the house. And they were very good. And as well. people wanted to buy them, actually. They did. They wanted mm. me to hand make them for them. Um, so somehow I incorporated my hobbies into my job. Mm. And what I've discovered reading the, the article is that is not a good thing. So we'll come back to that. I think that explains why, you know, you have this incredible burst of creativity. And, mm. and I'm just amazed, actually, by the high level of um, product that you do when when you um, go into a new hobby. Mm. And then I think what happens is there's almost that pressure and then suddenly you stop. Do you think that's, that's I, fair? That's absolutely fair, yes. And I think it is this mm. business of I, I somehow unconsciously start to make my hobbies feel like a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it is interesting, by the way, you mentioning product because mm. every hobby that I've had, except reading, which I forgot in this article, mm -hmm. every hobby that I've had has to have a product at the end of yeah. it. You, you want an outcome, don't you? I definitely yeah. want an outcome. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. And actually, when we were talking about this yesterday, I said, hmm... I've kind of never really got hobbies. This makes me sound really, really dull. You know, I haven't really yeah. had hobbies. Um, and Jeremy said gardening. And I thought, yeah, yeah, gardening is a hobby. And actually, for me, walking is a hobby yeah. as well. Yeah. I don't mean walking to the shops. You know what I mean, don't you? Walking in nature, that's very much a hobby. Yeah. So moving on to a job. A job is something that you do to earn money to pay your bills. It's an exchange of energy in the form of actions for payment. It supports your ability to live and it's not connected with your creativity. Mm. It's a job. That makes it very interesting because, um, you know, as singing teachers, vocal coach, the whole thing is that our job is connected with creativity, but the definition of a job isn't. It is an exchange of energy for payment. That's it. This is so weird for me because I think we should both fess up and say we've hardly ever had jobs. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> both of us have hardly ever had jobs. We've hardly ever been employed. Um, yeah, that's that's true. I've always been employed. If I've been employed on shows, I've been employed as a freelancer. Mm. So yes, mm. or it's been contract work, or um, you know, zero contracts. The last time I was employed was actually as a researcher at the University of York, and that was a six-month post. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was fun, actually. I really enjoyed that. And what I've said in the article is how I earn my money has changed recently um, because for four, nearly 40 years, I've been a freelancer. And that's been the over, I mean, freelance something or other, mm. but I've always been a freelancer and that's how people employ me. And I have now gone full time as a director with Vocal Process. And that might surprise some people because Vocal Process is now 23 years old, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it's only this year that I've gone full time. So we're now both on salaries. We are, which is just bizarre, having mm. never had it before. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what's also interesting, this is all part of the whole pro same process. I've lived for my job and it's defined me in the past. You know, when, when people say, you know, hello, who are you? And I always give my job uh, or what I do mm. as the sort of this is who I am. And I think this has changed in the last year. And the pandemic has, uh, from that point of view, been really interesting. Because even before the pandemic started, we were doing deep dives to find out what it is that we want to do and mm. who we were and how mm. that the whole business worked. Well, and where we were going. And that actually takes us very neatly to the next category. It does. Mm. Career. 
Career is longer term than job. Mm. You build your career with stepping stones. You don't have to love your job, but you do want to love your career. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why would you waste the time mm. building a career? And the, the the point that she makes in the article um, is re- this is Elizabeth Gilbert is really interesting because she says careers may include sacrifice for longer term gain. So that might be something like you would need to move location, yeah. or you'd be away from your family a few days a week, yeah. um, or you know other sacrifices like working at weekends or working, you know, in evenings and so forth. If that is appropriate, I think this is one of the places that. Um, what I think of as vocational people, mm. singing teachers, performers, coaches, I think this is one of the things they confuse because they take a job and then that includes sacrifice and that job may not necessarily be in their career line. And the question is, do you take the job for the sacrifice or do you look for something that will support your career? And this is, it's a really interesting question and it also depends where you are in your career age-wise. Um, I'm just kind of drawing on that. So an example of that for someone in our industry might be someone who's working at a performing arts college. You know, they're paid to do a certain number of hours and they're paid for weekdays and during the day. But in fact, what happens is the demands are greater than that. You know, they are expected to do other things for which they are not paid. Mm. Um, and that then starts to impact on family life. Um, or perhaps health, people move into burnout. Mm. And that is confusing, I think, career and possibly vocation with job. Yes. So I've had several jobs, author, performance coach, audition pianist, arranger, career advisor, accompanist, conductor, all of the above. Mm. It's always worried me that I didn't have a clear-cut career. I didn't have a ladder. There was no ladder that I could climb up as a a freelance musician Mm. um, in whatever form that is. There's no ladder that you can go. You sort of either have to build your own ladder or you just drift where the wind takes you, which was most of my career. Yeah, th- that's the danger, isn't it? That you just go wherever the contract calls. Yes. And it might not be a contract that you're actually that happy to do. Well, this is the other thing, and it's the bane of the freelancer, which is you don't turn contracts down mm-hmm. because you never know. A, it could be the last one, and B, you don't know where it's going to lead. Do you know I had the mentality that I carried my passport around with me for 20 years in mm-hmm. case I got the last-minute call? Mm-hmm. Genuinely. I only ever got it once. <laughs> Which is fascinating. And that was, um, uh, would I go and MD a show tomorrow night in Germany that I'd never seen? Mm. Uh, that was a fun job. And I think this impacts on um, the small business singing teacher as well, mm. that you feel you must take every student. Yes. Even if they're not really that suitable for you. Yeah. I can remember, you know, years ago when we were living in London that... What would always happen, you know, when you got to the Christmas holidays was that, first of all, people went off and had jobs. They were in panto and all the rest of it. Then they'd disappear and then Christmas and they had no money. And every year you'd be thinking, are these people going to come back? Have they all disappeared? Mm. And they always did come back. But, I mean, that is a real challenge for people. It is. And what they then do is they drive themselves and work themselves through the whole, excuse me, Morning. Yeah. Well, I did say I've had a thing. I'm still having a thing. They drive themselves and work themselves through the holidays and cause burnout. Yes. 
And now this was an interesting one about the whole career thing because mm. what I realised was that I was essentially, because I was looking for a ladder to climb, mm. I was really looking at the business model of a career, which is, you know, you go from this to this to this to this, this, mm. and there's a very clearly defined ladder that goes all the way up the corporate structure. And as a musician, you don't really have that. And it wasn't, it was only fairly recently that I came across the term portfolio career. Mm. And actually, when you sit back and you go, my portfolio career is extremely wide ranging, but it has always connected with me with music, performance and collaboration. Those three things are there all the way through pretty much everything. And it's really interesting because when I saw that, I thought, oh, I quite like this career. That's quite mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. And I do have mm -hmm. one. I do have a career. Mm. And we both have portfolio careers, don't we? We do. I mean, I've done quite a lot of contract work in the past for drama schools, including being um, head of singing and voice quite a while back at the East 15 acting school. Um, so that kind of shaped a lot of my work, but I always had private clients as well. And then what happened was that I got invited to write a book. Um, I got into a situation where I was running public courses. We were both organising public courses. Mm -hmm. So suddenly it was this really multifaceted career, yep. which was sometimes quite hard to juggle. I mean, I would say, you know, when we go on to look at vocation, for me, there's very uh, definitely a link between vocation and career. So you can sort of see this interface between my passion for voice and how it's shaped my career, you know, including deciding to go off and do a PhD, yes. which um, I did. You know, I started my PhD when I was 50 after almost 30 years of not doing any academic study. And it was a big deal. Mm. So let's talk about vocation. And mm. this is a very interesting definition. Elizabeth Gilbert says it's about the relationship between you and God and um, or universe or energy or power or whatever, whatever word you want to put in there. And this is really fascinating because essentially your career is your, your relationship with other people or your relationship with business or your relationship with whatever. And vocation is your own personal relationship inside. And I think, again, people conflate job, career and vocation into one. If you are in a vocational type of work, which singing teachers are, performers are, you know, vocal coaches are, all of these people Medics, that, obviously. Yeah, mm -hmm. that we work with are in vocational careers. Mm. It's very interesting when you separate the vocation out of the career. Can we say vocational professions? Sure. Would that be all right? And the only reason why I'm saying this is that, especially for people who live in the UK, there was a whole thing at the beginning of the pandemic that yes. some of us working in the performing arts were sort of doing it for kind of pleasure yes. and as a vocation and yes. that we should give up and all go off and learn IT. Yes, I remember those ads. Okay. Yes. So I just wanted to sort of put that in there. Um, well, we're not talking about that kind of vocation. But no, this is the interesting thing. It doesn't actually fit. Okay. Because what she talks about as a vocation does not have to be your career. It doesn't have to be your profession. Ah, it's So about... that's how you separate out ah. career from vacation. Vacation could be the thing in which you contribute to the world. Yes. And that could be charity work, which has nothing to do with your career. Ah, that's so important. So yeah. the vocation is, I mean, you know, you talked about God. I didn't know she talked about God. Mm. Um, 
it's your relationship with your higher self. It's what kind of drives you. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. And to the me. interesting thing is, having gone through these four four things, uh, hobby, job, career, vacation, what I realise is that a lot of what I do lines up. And in fact, there were a couple of things that had got confused. But my vacation, if you like, is music. It's helping people understand what music is and how it works. Now, that goes, it's, the interesting thing is it's not just music because as a musician, I've been trained in rhythm and phrasing and, and, um, unspoken meaning. Uh, because there, if, unless you're a singer, there are no words. If you're a, an instrumentalist, there are no words that you can use. And so I hear and see patterns and melody and rhythm in conversation, in presentations, in voiceovers. Mm. In, I even see them and experience them when I read stuff. I will read um, a blog and I'll hear it in my head. And I'm looking at pauses and, and, you know, turns of phrase. So I can see the way, the rhythm with which an article is constructed. And it's very interesting because my passion is clarity. Mm. I want people to be clear with what they do. And it was really fascinating. There is one, I want to share a story with you because it was so clear to me what was, what happened and how I was reacting. I was playing for a set of auditions years ago for an opera company. And people were coming in, they were singing different arias, but they had to deliver the same spoken piece. That's right. It was the same piece of script. And the arias were fine. You know, everybody was doing what they were doing. And then they delivered the script. And I kept thinking, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. This is not working. It's not working. Everybody was coming through going, it's not working. It's not going. And at one point I thought, I'm going to have to say to the panel, please, can I just get up there and deliver this script in a way that I know works? It was that strong. And then somebody walked in, delivered the script perfectly. And I just went, thank God for that. Now I don't have to do it. And I think it's really revealing that. I mean, that's going to sound really weird as a story. But what it reveals is that I have a sense of energy of something. And if it's off, if it doesn't work, I get very, very frustrated about making it work. And then when somebody comes in and makes it work, and sometimes in a way that I've not even thought of, I go, that's brilliant. That's it. I can relax. I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like that thing has been expressed in a way that works for it. Okay. You're talking about manifestation. I am. Mm. Um, so if you like, that is my highest vocation is, is that I want the things around me to work. Absolutely. <laughs> and that includes people as well, by the yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I, while you were speaking about it, I was thinking that, you know, I was kind of going right back through my, um, you know, I into my childhood and singing and, and, you know, winning all those festivals and having photographs in the local newspaper of me with all these cups. Yeah. Um, put a lot of pressure on me, actually. It was not really the best thing. But that how music has been a joy in my life. And I think for me that music is the vehicle and voices, voices the passion. That's you know? really interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And helping people to find their voice and find their best voice. Yeah. I think that's what really works for me. And also to understand about their voice, so to kind of take away the fear and all of that. That's really shaped the um, my career over the last mm, 
45 years, I would say. I know the singing teachers are really going to resonate with that. It's Mm. the idea that you're helping people find their voice. Mm. And um, as often happens, I have that as well, but I have something that's slightly different, which is I want people to find themselves. Um, which is a slightly wider brief. And uh, this is also about, I mean, I, you know, I wrote a whole chapter in Successful Singing Auditions called The Fold Process, Falling Off a Log. Mm-hmm. And that when you find, when you discover or recognise your falling off a log areas, then you work with those and you live with those and actually life gets easier because they're so innate for you. They're so easy for you that you go, surely it can't be this easy. And the answer is yes, it can, because that's where you resonate. I think this is really important, Jeremy, because um, when we were running our accreditation cohort 21... Who have just finished their year. And one of the things that they said in their final session was... The thing that made the most difference to them was doing the training session that we did on values and goals. Yes. And it allowed them to reevaluate their career, um, reevaluate uh, the way that they were working and the amount of time they give to work, to rebalancing life and family. Um, and also finding out this, this whole full area, mm. because if we are vocational people, and we start to get confused. You write about this in the article. We get confused about the job parts of our business, the career and the vocation. Mm. We are giving the same level of energy, and I'm talking mental, spiritual energy as well as physical, yeah. to each of the tasks. And, you know, when you're running a small business, some of those things are just jobs. Yes. You have to do them. Social media is a job. In fact, that's a job that we've largely outsourced. Hey, admin is a job. And then what happens is you burn yourself out and you miss out on that fall. Yes. And then what happens is you're kind of treading water, constantly treading water. You know, you can't advance. And those career desires that are part of your vocation, you may not be able to fulfill. You're actually stopping yourself. Yeah. It took us a long time, didn't it? It took us a long time. To really get through this one. And it's working better and we're still working on it. Mm. Um, The interesting thing now is... I found that I needed somebody else's view from outside me to go, here are four things that you need to think about. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, that's really good. And and um, because I now have these four things and they're very clear, mm-hmm. I can now rework what I do. And also, weirdly... It's a kind of reframing, isn't it? It's a reframing. Yeah. And it's yeah. also reframing of my past, mm-hmm. where I go, actually, my past hasn't been <laughs> mixed events there has been a trajectory through it that I just haven't recognised mm-hmm. because I've conflated four things. And I've been going, you know, why haven't I had X career? And the answer is because that wasn't my career to have. Yeah. And, and I was believing something that I thought I ought to do and, in fact, wouldn't have suited me. And there's a lovely... Um, we do have uh, Karin, one of our accreditation people, on video talking about this. It's on the YouTube channel. Yes. Um, where she said... I never thought that I wanted to work with this particular group of of clients. Mm. And then I sort of had a, she had an epiphany moment sort of Mm. thing. And Mm. then went, well, of course, that's exactly what I want to work with. I'm working with the clients I love to work with. Yes, it's absolutely, we will put a link in the show notes to um, that particular video because it's absolutely worth watching. Um, There's something else. And I actually want to read uh, a short paragraph from the article you wrote. Yes. 
My takeaway from Elizabeth's separation of these four things, hobby, job, career, vocation, is that I have all four, but I didn't realise it. Now I do realise it, it's helped me see the successes in my life and how the journey has got me to this place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you need some, I mean, some people are able to do this, just, you know, read a sentence and then go in for, go inside and go, oh, yes. And all the building blocks, it's a bit like Tetris, all the blocks just go and then yeah. fall into place. Mm-hmm. Um, other people need help. And it's one of the things that we've been doing in the accreditation program just in the last couple of months mm-hmm. is helping people to identify their full pro, their full area, their falling off a log areas, mm-hmm. their areas of expertise, mm-hmm. the ones that I always think of a full area as being an area that you don't realise you're good at. It's mm-hmm. so innate for you that you simply dismiss mm-hmm. it. You often don't acknowledge it. Yeah, and people go, oh, that you, but you're so brilliant at that. And you go, what? 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 I don't understand. Why yeah. can't every, doesn't everybody do that? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we've been doing is helping people to find their full area and then to apply it into their career Mm. and then to apply it into their jobs and most people have more than one job Mm. to see whether that job is either a good job for them right now or if it could be a good job but it could be just changed very slightly Mm. or if their attitude to the job isn't quite right and if they change the attitude the job then supports the career yeah which is okay it's five o'clock this is the end of my um end of my working day and and that's it Mm. You know, that's what I'm paid for. I've done the job. I've done the job to the best of my ability during the time I'm being paid for. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to do more. I can say that people are going to find this very, very challenging. People, particularly from our um, end of the profession. Because what you and and if you like, if you want to be that person who works fifteen hours a day and gets paid for five, mm. that is actually your choice, mm-hmm. um, and you are very welcome to take it. What I think is interesting is when you realise that it is a choice and that you can then decide whether you're going to do that or not. Mm. That's when life gets interesting. Mm. Um, hopefully that's been interesting for you. Uh, if you want to see the original post by Elizabeth Gilbert, I've got the Facebook link. And in fact, she there is a somebody else's TikTok account where she talks about it. So I can link that as well. That's where you first spotted that's it. Where I, it? Yeah. It's actually on Facebook I first spotted mm-hmm. it. Um, and uh, we will just put extra links in the show notes. So um, if you've been interested in this, let us know. Mm-hmm. If you want to find out more about the accreditation programme, we're starting... We are gathering, we're gathering our, our cohort, cohort yeah. for 2022-23. Yeah, drop us an email, send it to gin at vocalprocess.co.uk yes. and... Um, I'll talk you through it. Yes, or message us. Mm. And if you've liked this podcast, please review it um, or go to the uh, article itself that's on the Vocal Process yeah. website and review mm. that as well. Mm. So we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. This is a voice. A podcast with Dr. Gillian Kays and Jeremy Fisher.